0: How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and they handle the rest, sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger. Well, maybe except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring them your next home product, and they will bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com to get started.
1: This episode is sponsored in part by U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. You're the boss of your own life, but are you the boss of your own finances? Here at The Jordan Harbinger Show, we don't shy away from real-life conversations, and of course, one of the most taboo topics is always finances. U.S. Bank offers a wide range of credit cards for a wide variety of financial needs, and one of its most useful cards is the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. With a low introductory APR for 20 billing cycles, this card is a tool for getting ahead. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is a savvy financial tool for large purchases, unexpected expenses, and balance transfers. And with the ability to customize your payment date, this card gives you control over your financial future. Apply now at usbank.com platinum. With the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card, have peace of mind for all your financial needs. To see if you qualify, visit usbank.com slash platinum. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc. Some restrictions may apply. Hello,
2: everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Mike Gall, and as always, I'm joined by...
3: Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey
2: Radio Show. That's right, and once again, it's a wild card. My pick again, and I decided to go with another character guy to a, co- a certain company, but this time, instead of DC, it went with Marvel. We're going with Official Handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition, number 12.
3: Yeah, the better company. And uh, what what year is this? This is like uh, 86? This would be
2: 86,
3: yes. Yeah. Now, we talked about some of this when we did the DC one, the Who's Who. Yep. The Who's Who of Who's That. DC Comics. No one knows who those bombs are. Yeah. But the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, uh, like we mentioned then, Mike, this is Jim Shooter's idea.
2: That he got from DC at a party.
3: (laughs) Not true at all. That is not true at all. He had the idea because uh, he was inspired by baseball cards. He said it would be good if we had a little thing like that with uh, statistics and uh, little things about characters. And then uh, Mark Grunwald was the big editor behind it, right? He, he appointed Mark Grunwald there because right. Mark Grunwald was always in charge, of, like continuity and everything, right? Uh-huh. So right, right. Books. Yeah,
2: obsessed. Yep.
3: So this first came out in uh, 1982, although uh, issue one had a cover uh, dated January. So I guess you know how that works with the. Sure. Uh, so I guess it technically came out in '82, and that the first volume of this uh, lasted 15 issues. And they did 12 issues about living characters, and then two issues of dead characters. Right. And then one issue of weapons and vehicles and stuff like that. Right. So that's interesting. So then they did, that ran from 82 to 84, and then in this 85 to 87, I believe, right? They uh, ran this second volume. Right. And it was 20 issues. And I think the first one was like 34 pages each. This one is 64 pages. Yes. That's a lot of entertainment, 64 pages. And this was 20 issues. And again, they did uh, a couple issues of the dead there at the end. Right. Um, They had three books of the dead. Yeah. (laughs) it's a lot of dead people.
2: And I'm sure they're all back by now.
3: Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. They had five books of dead people.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: Yeah, how about that? Five books of the Dead, and uh, then there's an update in 1989, and that was eight yeah. issues. Got that one. Like some of the people covered in that were uh, the Marauders. How about that? Because they made their de- debut uh, right around that time. Yep. A big fan of the Marauders. <laughs> and then there've been reprints over the years and other kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, this was a. Uh, Shooter's idea, because he was tired of readers writing in with uh, dopey questions. Sure, okay. okay. About, hey, how so, does this power work, or how does this, why do they do this? Why do, so he says, hey, let's just print out the history. It'll be one, you know, standard handbook mm-hmm. we can always reference. Right. Oh, did you have some, I thought you were going to say something there, Michael. Did you have another point to mention?
2: Uh, I, was, I think I was going to mention that there. there were a couple throwbacks, like years later, like in the 2000s. There was definitely, like, the Marvel Universe of the 70s, the Marvel Universe of the 80s, and there'd be, like, usually one issue. And it'd be kind of like, yeah, like a throwback to these. Or there was also, over the years, other ones, but I don't remember. I I tried to pick up the more retro-looking ones, but there's also the loose-leaf ones, which we talked about in the Who's Who Who episode. The Marvel Universe, I think it was called Master Edition. And every entry was just three shots of the characters, straight on, sideways, and... Maybe the other side. I don't remember. But the only thing I didn't like about that was the art was all by one person.
3: I don't remember if it was Keith Pollard or Joseph Rubenstein. But I, I think I, it was Keith Pollard. Joseph yeah. Rubenstein is the anchor for all these. Okay. But Keith Pollard's uh, a, yeah, Brunel wanted one anchor to try and keep everything, because um, he thought Ro- Rubenstein could like subdue his style enough right. to influ- like, not override everything. But he. But uh, the artist most closely associated with most of these characters drew their profile in the, this book. Right, so. which is good. Yes. But that, that one you're talking about later on, I, I believe it was Keith Pollard that did all right. the art.
2: And he's a good artist, but I would prefer to have more variety in the art, just like in here. You know? Yeah,
3: I, I I agree with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for instance, when they did uh, Electra and Bullseye, Frank Miller. Right. Did all the things, you know? So, yeah. Uh also uh, the original name for it was going to be the uh, Marvel Super Specifications Handbook. Ooh. Yeah. Um yeah. Shooter didn't like the word super. Uh-huh. He wasn't a fan of that and also specifications was a bit long and were, you know, for sure. covers and everything. So they scrapped that and then they chose Marvel Universe. That was actually the original titer- title for Al Milgram's Marvel Fanfare. Really? Okay. So th- so they took that for uh this instead. And when did Marvel Fanfare come out? Did they like rip the title away from milgram's hey, uh, so
2: around the same time definitely eighty two ish
3: yeah, I'm looking that up now yeah eighty two march of eighty two mm-hmm. so yeah, it looks like Fanfare would have come out a few months before this, so um, I guess it must have been a leftover title they had mm-hmm. for that and uh, yeah, so that's about it. I think everyone understands what we're dealing with here, right?
2: yeah, I think so.
3: Hey, one little joke here, Michael. They, uh, <laughs> they, they count the official handbook of Marvel Universe. They just refer to it as its uh, uh, initials, you know? Sure. And that's Ohotmu, O-H-O-T-M-U. Okay. So in What The, you know, whenever they did a story featuring the Watcher. Sure. They called him Ohotmu instead of his normal. Instead word. of Uatu? Yeah, instead of Uatu. Get so in here. What The, he was really? Ohotmu. Interesting. In <laughs> okay. reference to the Marvel handbook. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So there you go. All right, so this issue, Michael, you picked issue 12. Yes. And why don't you tell the kids why you picked this issue?
2: Well, the reason I picked it is because this is the one that I bought off the stands as a kid. And I'll have you
3: guess why I bought this particular issue. Because Spider-Man is right there in the front. You got it. that right. And he's in uh, his black and white costume.
2: Yes. And it's funny because the way that my buying habits were as a kid and i'm sure you were like this is like i would buy one issue of avengers and then not buy any other issues for like 2 years and then buy like <laughs> a random issue of daredevil and then instead of finding like the other issues to finish the stories i would just reread that one issue it was really weird and so yeah, like every, every every once in a while i'd go i'm going to reread my comics and i'd reread like f- you know 50 issues but they're all random stories that didn't connect of different titles and whatever so anyway, Marvel Universe, I bought this one as a kid, and I re- I looked at this thing, like I wore it out, I looked at it so, so many times, you know? But it took me a long time to collect the other ones, but I finally did get them all, definitely.
3: Yeah, and the cover, it's all white, mm-hmm. background, completely white background, like they're floating in space, and just all the characters running left to right. Right. So, like... Uh, it's continued the back cover, front cover. It's like one big thing. But on the right. front cover, we got like Spider-Man. Uh, Star Fox is also looking at the camera. Look at that, Star Fox. Where's Star see. Fox?
2: See oh, right I there? see. Yep, on the right.
3: We also got Silver Surfer. Uh, that big uh, green brain dude or whatever from the Korean. Yeah. What, uh,
2: what, what's his name? Um, oh, Jesus. I know
3: this. I can't well, remember his pro- name. Probably begins with an S. Yeah.
2: We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out.
3: I think it's Steve. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there's the Wizard. Storm is kind of peeking in there on the front cover. Yeah. Uh, Submariner looks great. Mohawk Storm. Do you know who the artist is that drew the cover?
2: Yes, it's Ron Friends.
3: That is correct. Ron
2: Friends. And I must say, this is actually a really good cover. Um, I don't like the inks by Joseph Rubenstein, but these figures are very fluid. Like, Look at the Silver Surfer. The way his head is slightly elongated to give it that kind of motion, you know. Yeah. And like Submariner's physique is perfect. Slide looks great. The Spider-Man villain—I don't know if you know Slide, the guy in the foreground. Yeah, there. I,
3: I was flipping through this book earlier, and when I got to Slide, yeah. I said, "Who in the blue hell is this?" So yeah. uh, we'll talk about him later. Sure. But uh, yeah, also on the cover in the bottom there, it says "Sift to Sunspot." So right. That's what you're getting in this issue, Sift right. to Sunspot. And, and I also that, got that oh, DC go ahead. one we did last week. Did was it? basically by letter
2: no no it was the same as this it didn't yeah it was just like whatever part they were at in the alphabet yeah all righty but also i remember when i bought this as a kid i didn't know who the hell sif or sunspot was yeah you know that was the great thing
3: about these things you could learn about all these new characters and stuff right so all right uh, and this was a buck 50
2: which was a lot at the time
3: yeah. Marvel's 25th anniversary. Again, it always blows my mind when I read that, Mike. You know, like 1986 was Marvel's 25th anniversary, yeah. right? Yeah. But yet if you told me in 1986, uh, like, hey, remember those Fantastic four, early Fantastic Four years? I like, oh, that was so long ago. Oh, I oh. know. It
2: feels like the ancient <laughs> past. Yes. I, I totally <laughs> no, agree. This
3: is what, 36 years ago? Right, right, right. <laughs> Holy hell. Yeah, so old, oh. Michael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, but anyway, uh, anything else here? Looking at the inside cover here, the credits. Uh, Peter Sanderson is credited as a writer researcher. Yep. Uh, Howard My... Mackey, assistant, and of course Mark Runwell is the writer and the producer yep. of all this. Um, Steve Saffo, I don't know that guy. Writer researcher.
2: He was a marketing guy. I remember meeting him at a convention. Like he was wow, like, uh, you... yeah. Huh. He was the one, I believe, who announced. Because before this is before the internet, he was the one that announced the X Men number one reboot and the X Force number one, like oh, in nineteen ninety one or whatever that was. So I remember
3: him. There's a bunch of other people listed, uh, of course, Jim yep. Shooter, editor in chief, and uh, Joseph Rubenstein, inker and embellisher, Art Nichols, art enhancer, mm-hmm. James Fry, art enhancer. What do you think that means?
2: Well, maybe they fixed mistakes or tweaked things. I'm not
3: sure. Yeah, it's yeah. usually like enhancer that. In the old days, that used to make mean anchor. But,
2: uh, yeah, maybe they helped with things. yeah. Uh, supposedly.
3: All right, so let's get into it, Michael. Number one, Sif. Yeah. Nice. Lady Sif.
2: Right. Oh, this is a great shot. Walt hey? Simonson. Yep. I'm actually going to keep two tabs of this open so I can uh, keep track of the artist, too.
3: Yeah, it's good thinking because at the beginning of the issue, they give you the credits of all the artists. Right. uh, Yeah, this is
2: Walt Simonson, like, at his peak. It's just, oh, I could stare at this for hours. It's so good. (laughs) And then also, we should point out one of the differences between this and Who's Who is that the art included, like, to supplement the entry is actually art from the original comics, right? It's not
3: new art. Yeah, and I I like that a lot. I kind
2: of like it better. Yeah.
3: Because I think last week, when we were talking about the DC, you seemed to be underwhelmed by that. Like, you like the fact that DC did all original art and everything. But I don't know. I kind of like ripping panels out of actual Well, stories. here's the thing.
2: The, DC and Who's Who, they had art behind the character, which is good. Yeah. But yeah. by showing the original panels, like here, you get exposed to a lot of artists you wouldn't typically see. Like, um, you know, maybe Jack Kirby. or Like, this is all, as far as I can tell, this is all Walt, Walt Simonson art. Yes, this is all Simonson. Right. But if you flip through the rest of the issue, you'll see, like, classic Kirby and Ditko art. And it's a good way to be exposed to that, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. we should mention that we get the big uh, head-to-toe shot of the character. and But in the Marvel handbook, the background is just one solid color. The color changes behind each character. But for Lady Sif, it's all yellow. But in the DC version of Who's Who, there would be like a collage of images behind the main right. character's picture. So that was right. nice. But I do like getting the panels from the actual comic books. It gives you a better sense of the character, I think, seeing the yeah. actual panels. But- I know what you mean. And also, I would say the write-ups in this book are much more extensive. Definitely, too. Who. Because Who's Who, it was always one page, right? Like,
2: uh, later on, they started expanding it for for characters like Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, give them super, two pages. But for these, yeah, for these guys, sometimes it's like four or five pages. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, depending on who the character is. Right. Uh, like Lady Sif gets uh two pages, right? Right, yeah. right. And the basic info at the top they give for everybody. Uh, Real name, Sif, occupation warrior, shield maiden. Weren't you a shield maiden in the 70s? I was.
2: Yes, I was.
3: Yep. Uh, Then her identity, publicly known in Asgard and on Earth, although the general populace of Earth tends not to believe she is a goddess. Uh Uh-huh. So they think she's loopy. Uh Uh-huh. They just think this (laughs) Sif's lady is crazy. It's an interesting
2: little factoid, you know, like an extra degree of realism. I
3: like that. Legal status, citizen of Asgard. Other aliases, none, place of birth, Asgard, marital status, single, known relatives, Heimdall. Mm -hmm. I didn't know they were related. I didn't know. Well, maybe they're all related. I don't know. Uh, uh, Group affiliation, gods of Asgard, base Mm -hmm. of operations, Asgard, first (laughs) appearance, journey into mystery 102, and then her history, and you get an extensive detailing of her history. Right. And then uh, when that's done, you get her height, six foot two. Wow, Lady yep. Sif. I didn't realize she was that big. Uh weight four hundred and twenty five pounds. Yeah, she is a goddess, right? Yikes. Yeah, a lot of muscle, I guess. Uh eyes blue, hair black, originally gold. Uh-huh. Now what does that mean? Did she dye it? Or well like, may- they, maybe like in the myths she was it was gold and they just changed it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh strength level. Sif possesses the uh normal strength of an Asgardian woman. Goddess of her physical age, height, and build, who engages in intensive regular exercise. That was always one of their catchphrases when describing people's strength.
0: Right. Like, who engages yep. in
3: extensive. Uh, Sif can lift, press, in parentheses, 30 tons. Mm-hmm. The average Asgardian woman can lift about 25 tons. So Stronger
2: than
4: have... the average Asgardian.
3: Known yeah. <laughs> yep. superhuman powers. Uh, then here, Sif possesses conventional attributes of an Asgardian woman, in parentheses again. Goddess. Uh, And they go through all that. Then her abilities, extensive training in armed combat, as well as swordsmanship. uh, Weapons. Sif wields a a special sword enchanted by Odin. I did not know that.
2: I didn't know that either.
3: It enables her to cleave passageways between dimensions by a special pattern of swinging motions, primarily between Asgard and Earth. So... I had no idea Sif could do that. Me neither. We're learning new things every day, Michael. See,
2: that's what this is for, right?
3: But yeah, that's how this uh, whole book goes. And we're going to do an extensive detailing of every character.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, I got to point out something about the art here. I never noticed it until now, but that close-up shot of her, does that not look like Sigourney Weaver?
3: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Yeah,
2: but that's a really good shot there.
3: Yeah, he probably, uh, Aliens came out right around that time, right? Right. Yeah. It's probably, I always like to look at that, like to figure out which actresses or actors influenced artists. Because right. you can, like, from what era, you know what I mean? Like, sure. John Byrne was pretty heavily influenced by the Mary Tyler Moore show in the 70s. Really? I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: A, a lot of his ladies look like Rhoda Morgenstern. Morgan okay. <laughs> but at least in the 70s. Uh, but here we go. Next up, Silvermane. Yeah, great shot. Now, I don't know who this fellow is, really. Uh, he's a Spidey villain. But, but I think Silvermane, though. Is this how he always looked?
2: No, he looked like a regular you know old man, and then he legally died, as it says here, and then he okay. came back as this
3: guy, as like a cyborg.
2: Yeah, he's like a robot. Right. See, so you can see on the second page of his entry, you can see what he used to look, to look like.
3: Yeah, see, that's the guy I know as Silvermane. He's just the old guy, the old gangster guy with white hair. Right, armor. right. Silvermane. But this guy here, he's a robot. Right.
2: Very cool design, though, eh?
3: Yeah, it's kind of like uh, an outward frame of an exoskeleton. Like, um, how would you. But well, inside I'll... the frame, there's the wires in this. Right. So you can, it's... like, see through the outer frame in yeah. the inner stuff. Yeah. It's
2: like if you can imagine the Terminator, right? Except that you can see metallic, like, uh, tendons.
3: Hey. And Mike, I remember on a previous episode of Flea Market Fantasy, you mentioned that you liked action figures that you could see through. Remember that? Yes, that's right. Here we go. You so probably liked this Silvermane fella. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, but he was just like a gangster guy who apparently then died and got a cyborg body. Right. All right. And, and who drew that picture there?
2: This is Kerry Gamble.
3: Kerry Gamble, yeah.
2: Kerry Gamble, good
3: artist, yeah. Yeah, He uh I believe he didn't didn't he win the flea for the Indiana Jones? Oh,
2: or he, he might have. Yes, he yeah. did. Yes.
3: Yeah, he did, yeah. Yep. Uh next up Silver Sable. Another and d- this villains, is yeah. a great drawing too. And I think this is Ron Friends from the This hospital. is
2: Ron Friends. It actually doesn't look like Ron Friends. Like that I know. Face, I was surprised yeah. too.
3: I uh, but the lines of her leg there, that's great and hey, right. really good stuff. The face is really really good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It almost like I wouldn't have guessed that was Ron Friends <laughs> no. not to insult Ron Friends but I mean that's, right. this is really good stuff yeah uh, so yeah Silver Sable of course she's the leader of the Wild Pack Michael mm-hmm. that's her occupation yeah the Wild Pack <laughs> I had no idea that's way better than being leader of the Wolf Pack remember those kids oh yeah really? I remember them of course the wheels, yep. wheels? <laughs> right. great stuff Larry Hama uh, anyway. but yeah Silver Sable amazing Spider-Man villain sometimes good lady right she's like a mercenary yep. for hire right Hunts Nazis. She, she straddles that line between good and evil. Yep. Uh, good character. She just gets the one page. Just gets the one page. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah That's about it. So the oh. Wild Pack are like her henchmen and everything? Is that yeah, it's are?
2: like her, yeah, exactly, her henchmen.
3: A hey, 5'5", five, five, 125 pounds. Right. So it's like one-fourth of Lady Sif. <laughs> right, <Just> good
2: point. <laughs> anyway.
3: Uh, next up, Silver Samurai. Yes. Hey, Mike L., just looking at this, you, can you tell who drew this?
2: You know what's funny? I've looked at this a thousand times. I couldn't tell, but I just looked back, and it's Michael yeah. Golden.
3: That's right. It's your buddy, Michael
2: Golden. Yes. This is, And you can, and now I can tell. Now that I'm looking at it, I can tell. Oh,
3: yeah, sure. Now yeah. you can tell.
2: <laughs> but this is a great shot. He just looks amazing, eh?
3: Yeah, Silver Samurai. Normally, uh, again, Grunel said he liked to get the guy most closely associated with the character, the artist most closely associated with the right. character. I don't remember Michael Golden ever drawing Silver Samurai, but um, did he? No, I mean, that's a good point. I don't think he ever did. Like, I would think Paul Smith, because of that X Men, those two X Men issues. Right. Or whatever. But, um, yeah, everyone knows the Silver Samurai. It's uh, Kanuchio Harada. That's the Silver Samurai. Right. And and he uh, tried, his first appearance was Daredevil 111. I didn't even realize he premiered in Daredevil.
2: Yeah, I didn't Uh, know that either. How about that?
3: Because uh, everyone, I, at least I know him from uh, feuding with Wolverine there. Right, was, exactly. Uh, so he stabbed Wolverine through the belly there.
2: Right. That yeah. Good story.
3: Oh yeah, look, there's some. Uh, there's a panel of that issue.
2: Yep,
4: Paul Smith. Yeah, it. there
2: you go. Yep, great. Art. See, there you go. Right there, some Paul Smith art, great. Yeah, so that is nice. Probably not the best panel they could have picked there. Like, eh, uh, debatable. But it's but it's a good action shot. I don't know. I like it. Uh, Silver Surfer up next. There you go. See again. As a kid, this was the first time I ever saw Silver Surfer.
3: This is kind of the lame Silver Surfer before like he really got cool. Like uh, like didn't it, this is John Byrne drawing, yeah. This, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Because if you squint it, hey, look, it's White Vision.
2: Looks uh, it. Yeah. See, this is. I mean, I'm I'm not a huge John Byrne fan, and this is partly why. Like this to me is just a really dull drawing.
3: Yeah, it's not a good drawing, but I mean, in fairness, Silver Surfer was pretty dull for a long time, and then like Ron Lim came in in the oh, late '80s, and I can't revolution. stand Ron Lim. No, can't stand <laughs> but, him. but he really jacked up Silver Surfer, made him like, you know, all chiseled, I and mean, muscle. The
2: and, one thing around that time is, yeah, he made him look shiny, like more metallic. That I'll give yeah. you. Like I, I, my favorite Silver Surfer artists are John Buscema and Jack Kirby. But the one thing that was weird about reading those early issues. Is when people would see him on the street, they would say he, his face was white and powdery. So I don't think he was supposed to really look metallic until later on, like the later artists, you know.
3: But metallic is the way to go, right? Yeah, it
2: has to be like chrome, right? He should be like chrome. Yeah. yeah uh, I also, agree.
3: he back here he wore the underpants. Yeah.
2: Right. That's a good point. Yeah.
3: Like later, later Silver Surfer, they just made his whole body metal, and you know they didn't make a lines for underpants. But here, he's got the underpants. Yeah. So. uh and the surfboard even looks weird. It looks like a tongue depressor more,
4: you
2: know? Yeah, it's not very dynamic, the whole thing. Yeah. Now, if you look through, I believe the next page is mostly John Bernard, I think. But if you go to the third page, you see a nice Jack Kirby shot of his of Norrin Rad's face. And that, again, yeah. as a kid, that might have been one of the first times I saw Kirby. That's a great shot.
3: Yeah, these are also Kirby, him fighting Galactus and whatnot, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. If not, the top one might be John Buscema. Actually, to be honest, it's kind of hard to tell if this is John Buscema or Kirby. I don't know. The face, I would say, is Kirby. But anyway. Yeah,
3: I mean, yeah either is... way, they're, those two, they're good. Either way. Right, right. <laughs> they yeah. good. But yeah, it's a big write-up for Silver Surfer. We get a... Huge. Uh, four pages, yeah. of pages. And he's six foot four, Silver Surfer. Yep. His weight? Unknown. <laughs> He's never stepped on a scale for anybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Silver Surfer is one of my favorite characters. He's awesome. He's great. And so. Yeah. And look, there's a little picture of a surfboard too. He actually goes like four and a half pages, Michael. Like, oh, look at that, or five.
2: Well, wait a minute. Wait, one, he, two, he bleeds three, into another page. Three and, a half, three and
3: a half. Oh, three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Because then the bottom half of the the page with a surfboard is sinister syndicate.
2: Yes. And they Between. just get –
3: that's all. They just get the half of that page.
2: Yes. Well, because they only appeared once, so uh, – or, or twice. Yeah, they got,
3: yeah. Uh, they got like, five uh, little pictures of their heads, mm-hmm. and the uh, sinister syndicate is the Beetle, Hydro Man, Rhino, Speed Demon, and Boomerang. Right. And you just get the uh, one uh, paragraph describing them, and their first appearance, Amazing Spider-Man 280. Yeah. That's them. I'm not too familiar with this Speed Demon, fella.
2: He – He's just a guy that runs fast, I think.
3: Yeah, that's what I figured.
2: Right. A, good name, though. I like his name.
3: Eh. Ne- next up, Sin Eater.
2: Yeah, one of my favorites.
3: I don't really know much about the Sin
2: Eater. Oh, you gotta... Okay, listen. If you, do, if you only do one thing tonight, go and read. <laughs> the original Sin well, Eater Saga by Peter David is pretty good, but The Return of the Sin Eater by Peter David and Sal Buscema is classic. I hate Peter David.
3: Ugh! Oh. Um You'll like him if you read this story. His real name's Stanley Carter. And he is a detective, New York City Police Department. Uh he doesn't look like a good guy though.
2: Doesn't. No, he's a bad guy. He's a serial killer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh hey, there's uh Anne DeWolf. Jean DeWolf. Oh, Jean DeWolf <laughs> who's Anne DeWolf. I don't know. <laughs> I thought she might be a boxer, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I got
2: to point out, this art is actually really good, but it's by Rod Wingham, who I'm not a fan of, but this art is good with Sinita here.
3: I never heard of that guy's name before my life. He drew
2: G.I. Joe for a
3: few years. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah that's a good enough picture there. Yep. Um, maybe that left arm's too small.
2: It's also kind of like standard Marvel anatomy. Like, like we said, it looks like every other Marvel character right here at this point, you know? Yeah. Next up. Siren. Yep. And is, she she
3: is uh Banshee's daughter, right? Uh yes. And later a member of X-Force. Yeah, so she's kind of got the old school Banshee costume and uh Right. She can scream. Now, when I was looking at this uh, this picture Mike go right away I'm like, "Oh, that's Brett Blevins," But it's not. No, it's not. Who say the artist?
2: Yeah, I, I'm not sure the pronunciation, but Steve Leo Leal- Aloha. That's why I wanted you to say it. Right, Leo Aloha. I think I've met him. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's a
3: good artist for sure. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of Blevins in the face. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's Siren, <laughs> and she gets two pages.
2: Yep. Some art from some Spider Woman comics there.
3: Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Uh, five six, 112 pounds. Uh huh. For Siren. Uh, talk about her power. Hey, next up, we got the scrolls. Now uh, look at how they're drawing. Who drew the scrolls here, Michael?
2: Scrolls. This is Keith Williams, who's usually an inker.
3: they pretty he, good he, art. He made a like. Is this how they're always depicted? Little bodies, big heads.
2: That's a good question. I didn't think so, but maybe uh, maybe they were drawn like that way by Kirby, and he just ran with it. I don't know.
3: Because yeah, it's really weird. I've never seen right. a scroll depicted like this.
2: Now, if you go to the next page, uh, as I've said, I'm not a huge John Byrne fan, but yeah, those th- those top two panels are inked by um, Terry Austin. Those are great. Like storm. Yeah, Byrne and Austin scroll. is what you need.
3: Like right. when Byrne and Austin are together, that's dynamite, right?
2: Right. So, yeah. That's his peak. Yep. Yeah. And then the second, like the the panel with the two women, that's great.
3: Yep. Look at those eyes. Yeah.
2: And then the bottom one's not quite as good because I think that's Byrne <laughs> inking himself, but it's pretty good.
3: I <laughs> like him smacking the other scroll in the yeah. back of the head. Uh, but yeah, everyone knows the Skrulls—the little alien race, the green guys with pointy ears—and they can shape shift. Right. And they're going to be the next big villains in the Marvel Universe, right?
2: Oh, because of uh, what is it called? Um, inv- Secret-, Secret
3: Invasion. Secret right. Invasion. Like that's what all the True. movies are going to be about, correct? Yep. Sounds like it. Yep. How about that? So, hey, next up, Michael, your buddy Slide. <laughs> oh yeah, good costume. J- Jalome—is that his first name? Jalome, yes. Jalome Beecher. Yeah. Chemical engineer, professional thief. Yep. First appearance, Amazing Spider-Man 272. one seventy.
2: <laughs> Notice yeah. his costume's a little bit different in the uh, the picture at the bottom. It's green. Green uh, oh, yeah. elbow and knee pads instead of yellow. He, he must have changed it. I don't remember that.
3: Yeah, like his outfit, it's like a full body suit like it's it's like a grayish right white depending on how it's colored and shaded here. Uh and then he's got yellow forearm protectors. Right. Yellow knee pads and a yellow mask around his eyes. Even though his full, whole face is masked covered, he's got like right. a yellow visor kind of around his eyes with two eyes, circular eye things. And then he's got like a white little purse strapped right. around his chest. Coach. Yeah. Yeah. What do you yeah, think he keeps cool. in there?
2: I was wondering that myself. I I know that his powers come from some kind of like chemical, so maybe he keeps extra, you know, Nothing. chemicals in there.
3: Maybe his weed. Maybe cookies. <laughs> Could be candies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't know anything about Slider, Michael. What's his deal?
2: Well, he oh he's got a cool power. His his costume. I'm going to can... guess
3: he can slide.
2: Well, but it's his body's completely frictionless.
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when the,
2: Spider-Man tries to grab him, he just slips right off. Right. He, that's how. And this guy uses it to rob banks. He's great. Also, his uh, his boots uh, um have no friction, so he's able to skate over any ground surface at speeds of up to thirty miles per hour. With the ability to, to instantly change direction by shifting his weight or grasping a stationary object, isn't that great?
3: This costume's terrible, right? That's ah, okay. It's horrible.
2: Ugh. I think he'd make a great villain in a movie.
3: <laughs> he'd be laughed out of the theater. Huh. Slider. Uh, Slide. Next up, Smart Ship Friday. Yeah. What the hell's Smart Ship Friday?
2: It's uh, the ship from Power Pack. Um, I don't know the full story, oh, but yeah, that's okay. the one that the Horseman landed in, I think. I don't know.
3: The Horseman. Yeah, we've, we've never done Power Pack on the show, Michael. No, we
2: have That's a good point. I don't think we have, no.
3: I've never read a Power Pack.
2: Oh, they're solid. They're really solid.
3: All right, well, get get cracking, Michael. Yeah. All right,
2: well, you can pick it, too, but anyway.
3: Uh, so we get half a page of that Smart Ship. Then we get Snarks.
2: Yeah, they are from... Oh, they're from Power Pack, too. What a coincidence.
4: Yeah,
2: all right. And we should point out this art is by... They're both by John Bogdanove. Or, Bo- or Bogdanov. I'm sure to pronounce his name. I think
3: Bogdanov. Right? Okay. But he uh, he drew Power Pack.
2: Right? Yes,
3: yes. Yeah.
2: He wasn't the original artist, but yeah, he drew it for a time, definitely.
3: Was, wasn't there a lady artist early on?
2: Yes, June Brigman.
3: Yeah, there you go. Uh, but this guy, this fellow, this snark fellow, that anatomy is fucked up. What is going on with these... Uh, Not not that it's drawn poorly. I mean, like, the actual anatomy of the person, the the structure of this creature. Well,
2: if you flip to the next page, you'll see they're all like that. It's basically like a snake with arms and legs.
3: Yeah, but it's weird. Like, the legs, but, like, the base of them is kind of like...
2: (laughs) I know what you mean, yeah.
3: Yeah, like their hips. And then their legs shoot... Instead of going down, their legs shoot up. Right. And then back down at the hip. So they... They're, pr- they're I'm gonna guess they're prone to a lot of uh, arthritis in the hips and knees. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Cause,
2: pretty cool though.
3: Yeah, I like the designs. It's all right, uh, next up, hey, a lot of snarks. They're they're showing a lot of snarks here. There's like four snarks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sons of the of the tiger. These are characters I still have never come
2: across. Oh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu.
3: Ah, oh, there you go. Hey, we did an issue of the Kung Fu fellow. Uh-huh.
2: And this is uh
3: just for the record, this is oh,
2: this is George Perez art. See, this yeah. looks nothing like Perez.
3: Wow. Uh yeah, I wouldn't guess this was Perez if I'm just looking at it. Yeah. Right. How about that? Yeah, so there's like a bunch of there's like five characters here. Uh White Tiger. I've heard of White Tiger. hmm That's about the only one.
2: Yeah, I don't know any of these guys, unfortunately.
3: Robert Diamond, Abraham Brown, Lynn's son, Lotus, Shinchuko, you know,
4: and Lady Tiger.
3: Yep. Next, we have Soviet Super Soldiers. I know these people. Uh, Dark Star, Crimson Dynamo, Gremlin, Vanguard, Ursa Major, uh, Titanium Man.
2: Art by Art Nichols.
3: Yeah, we mentioned Art Nichols. Uh, he was an art enhancer in the credits, yeah. but what did he draw... What is he known for penciling? Anything?
2: I'm not really sure. He he, he's, he was never huge, that's for sure.
3: Professor Peter Phobos is also a <laughs> member of these people. Next up, the Space Knights.
2: Oh, and, this is the uh, Rom character.
3: Yeah, we did Rom, Rom and the Space yeah. Knights. Who, who drew? Because these are just little headshots. Who drew these? <laughs> this is oh, our our pal Salvusema. I was going to say, not a lot of work on into these. Wow. <laughs> but, but there's They're like robots. uh i don't know 20 headshots just a yeah. th- no no neck shoulders nothing just a head right a ver- various space knight robot people
2: and some of these names you know are odd like we got rom then we have starshine 1 terminator we've never heard that before uh, i'm not going to read them all here but like some of these let's see trapper breaker unseen that's a weird name scanner pulsar <laughs> Starshine 2, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Lightning Bolt, Heat Wave, yeah, you know, they're all toys, so.
3: Glorial. Wait, 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 wait.
2: I thought you were joking. There is one g- called Glorial. g l o
3: r i o Holy moly, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, that's, <laughs> who came up for that one? <laughs> yeah. He likes to frequent the truck stops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up, Space Phantom. Yep. Who drew this one?
2: Well, see, this is... If you flip to the next page, this is the actual entry. The first half page is art from a comic book. But can you guess who drew this full shot of uh, Space Phantom?
3: Yeah, it's very... uh, The lines, it almost looks like a Sienkiewicz kind of drawing. But I'm going to go Frank Miller. It is Frank Miller. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, very stylized. Yeah, very sharp lines and... uh... Mm -hmm. I loved Frank Miller's early stuff on Daredevil, you know? like. Yeah, I'm more of a fan of his later
2: stuff. stuff but yeah, I get you. Yeah.
3: So I could kind of recognize it from there. But yeah, Space Phantom, former military strategist, now agent of Immortus. Uh, Immortus, was he that fella who was also Kang, right? I think was so, it? yes. Yeah, that was that whole deal. Um, yeah. Do you know anything about the fa- the Space Phantom?
2: Mm, barely, no.
3: First appearance, Avengers number two. Wow. I
2: I've, I have read that. I just don't remember anything about him.
3: <clears throat> yeah, he's six foot six, two 215 pounds. He doesn't look that big.
2: No. The way he's all hunched over, no.
3: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the space phantom. So there you go. I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, he possesses the power to assume the appearance and powers of virtually any single mortal being. The nature of the power is unknown, but it is presumably a non-magical ability.
2: That's pretty cool how they actually put in there, like, when they don't know something, they just don't know. That's cool.
3: At the point that he assumes the being's likeness, the model is automatically shunted to limbo huh. until such a time as the phantom assumes his own form. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. they said uh, Mark Grunwald really wanted all the superpowers to be based in reality as much as possible. Uh-huh. So he, he wanted, like, very scientific explanations for all the superpowers. And that's Mark they...
2: Grunwald for you,
3: yeah. But then they tried to cut, I think in this, like that was at least in volume one. In this volume, I I think they said they tried to tone it down a little bit because it was getting too convoluted, some of the explanations. So maybe that's why they're just saying, hey, we don't know. know? (laughs) We're not even going to bullshit you anymore. We have Uh no idea. Uh, Speed Damon, we mentioned him earlier. He gets his own entry now.
2: Yep. And this Uh art is by Carmine Infantino. You know him.
3: I do. He's a
2: legendary Flash artist.
3: Also, uh, he did Spider-Woman, I believe, that we yes. reviewed here on the show. Yeah. Yeah, Carmine Infantino. Sometimes I really like his stuff, and sometimes it's like, oh, my God, this is amazingly terrible. Yeah, but, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it depends where you catch him. But I like this picture of Speed Demon. and yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice comic, old-school comic book feel to it. And right. his, his first appearance was – oh, he was the original Wizard.
2: Yes. Well, he wasn't the original <coughs> Wizard. He was the second Wizard. Oh, he okay. Was the, I think he was the villain Wizard. That was in the Squadron Sinister, and then he went on to become the Speed Demon. Yeah, how
3: about that? So, uh, 5'11", 175. I always like getting the height and weight. Next up, Mm -hmm. hey, who's this guy? Spider-Man, what?
2: (laughs) This art is by uh, Ron Friends.
3: Yeah, I was going to guess Ron Friends on that. Yeah. And it's uh, Spidey-Man in his black and white costume. And... But
2: we should point out, this is the only character, I believe, in the whole Marvel Universe who has two full pin Because if you go to the next page, he's in his classic blue and red costume. Oh,
3: right, look at that. Yeah. is that also Ron Frenz? Yes. Uh, you can tell he's trying to do a little Ditko there in the face Absolutely. and neck. Absolutely. Uh, Even
2: the other thing, too, is the webs. Uh, John Romita Sr. drew the webs the opposite curve. He curved them like... like um, concave and these are convex i mean you have to see it to understand what i mean but you, you know what ah, i mean
3: yeah i see what you're saying yeah. yeah uh so yeah so spidey he gets two big pinups and then we get some uh, action shots of him as well
2: yes and I, I can tell you like if you look at these panels that first action shot is didco that second close up to the face that's Mike Zek. that's a great shot yeah, Zach's, I really like Zek. Oh, he's so good. And then the, the other ones, I'm not, I'm not sure who did these other ones, but they all look great.
3: That looks like McFarlane almost in the bottom there. Or the well, one where yeah. he's webbing Doc Ock in the face.
2: Well, it's definitely not, but yeah. Yeah,
3: but it almost does. Is that maybe Golden? or? That actually might
2: be John Byrne. I'm not sure.
3: Huh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, So that's Spider-Man. Then we get a shot of his camera.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we need that, but... <laughs>
3: Is there anything interesting about his camera that we need?
2: Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm assuming there must be because it kind of like is able to track him, right? When he's uh, – and take photos of him.
3: I guess. But, yeah, I'm looking through it. It doesn't look – yeah, it's like a schematic of his camera. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. But
3: uh, we C- also have a – Circuit Board Custom Exposure Electronics Program for Police Recording Film Rated at ASA 6400. See, there you go. Thank God I knew that. Mm-hmm. That really helps. They show his web shooters. That is cool. Yes. Schematics on his web shooters. Yeah, that is cool there. Yeah. Um, How about that? Hey, uh, wait, I want to get to the height and weight because, Mike, I want you to guess Peter Parker's height and weight.
4: Well, I
2: have it right in front of me, so. Uh Oh. Yeah, it's too late. 5'10,
3: 165. Yeah. So he's tall and skinny. That's the idea. Well, tall. I'm an inch taller, 10 pounds lighter, 15 pounds lighter, actually. I've lost what? Weight. Yeah,
2: you're so vegetarian,
3: right? Like yeah, I'm like a Ditko Spider Man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, t- next up, Spider Woman. Yeah, I love this shot.
2: Spider Woman by Mike
3: Zack. Yeah, Zack, yeah, it's uh, a great shot. Yeah, I like the legs. Uh, Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike Zek always does the tapered legs, you know, real skinny at the ankle. and up. Right. Yeah, it's
2: awesome. Great shot. I believe he probably co-created her because he drew Secret Wars, right? So That
3: is, that is correct. He did co-create. He, co-cre- he actually gets a co-creation on the Spider-Man costume as well.
2: Oh, nice. Yes, yes. Yeah, She has a great costume, yeah. Yeah,
3: it's the exact same thing except for white gloves <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and white yeah. legs, I guess. Uh, what's this lady's name again? Uh, unrevealed at this point, but we learn her name. Um yeah,
2: I can't remember what it is, but can I point out a little historical fact that is oft neglected here? Sure. The way that Venom is portrayed, people seem to think that a black symbiote, you know, came onto Spider Man and only is black because the symbiote's black, but that's not true. It's because the symbiote could have looked like anything, but Peter Parker subconsciously redesigned his own costume to look like this Spider-Woman's costume. She came first.
3: Yeah, that is weird. Because no it one ever gives her weird. credit. Julia right. Carpenter is her. Yes, dad. right. Julia Carpenter. Because the first Spider-Woman, of course, is... Uh, Jessica Drew. That's right, Jessica yeah. Drew. Just testing you, Michael. Just testing Of course. You. Uh, but yeah, Julia Carpenter. Yeah, because she had... Yeah, because she appears in this costume, and then Spider-Man gets his later, like an issue or two later, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: The weird fact. Yeah, no one ever gives her credit. Five, right. nine, one, forty. This is just uh, Julia Carpenter. Mm, interesting. Hey, ooh, next up, Mike Gale, Spiral, drawn by Art Adams.
2: Oh, Holy this is, hell. see, inked by Art Adams as well, you can tell. That's great inking.
3: Yeah, he was my favorite artist back when I was a kid.
2: Well, yeah, this is peak. Like, I prefer this era. Like, he was he was at his peak in the mid to late
3: 80s for sure, I think. Yeah. Spiral, this- of course, uh, she was the henchwoman of Mojo mm-hmm. to begin with, right? And then, uh, is, isn't that correct? I, yeah,
2: yeah, definitely worked for and, him, yeah.
3: And she has, like, the six arms and she can do magic. She was always hunting down long shot and shit. Right. And then she joined the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants there for a while, right?
2: Right. And I, I also, I kind of didn't notice this detail, but... The three right arms are human, and then the three left arms. One's human, one is half cyber, cyborg, and one's full cyborg. That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. So I, that leads me to believe someone cut off one of her arms at some point. Yeah, maybe, yeah.
4: Maybe Wolverine.
3: Let's let cut yeah. it to Wolverine. First appearance, long shot, issue one. Yeah. Of course, our beloved Ann and Art Adams did that. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, warrior sorcerer's aide to Mojo, U.S. government agent. Because uh, that was when the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants were... They were Freedom Force, right?
2: Right, right, yep.
3: Yeah. That was a good era. I Very like good, that, you know. yep. Yeah. Uh, next up, Sprite. Now, don't be confused if this isn't Kitty Pride Sprite. Old school Kitty Pride. Remember, she right. was called Sprite. That's right. This Sprite is some dork. <laughs> uh,
2: awesome art by June Brigman, but I think the idea of Sprite is that he's always like a kid right he can never grow up as far as i know
3: i uh uh, occupation prankster there you go wow how much does that pay yeah good old prankster uh group affiliation Oh, he's one of the eternals of earth yes see i had no idea
4: um
2: yeah cool and then that's some kirby art at the bottom you can tell kirby crackle
3: five one 140 pounds yep Yeah, because what's his first appearance? Uh, Eternals. Eternals, Volume One, Issue Nine. Yep. Next up, Spy Master. Uh, wait, let
2: me just click here. Oh, this is great art. I love this art. This is uh oh Henry Bismuth. I've never heard of this person.
3: That's yeah, pretty good. I, I'm not in love with it like you, but it's good. It's solid.
2: I think uh, this is like I used to like. Look at these pages and like copy them, like draw them as a kid. And this is definitely <laughs> one of the ones I drew. I mean, you're right, objectively, like his arms are a little bit off, yeah, but I think it's a cool shot. I like it. Good inking, too, actually.
3: It's the kind of picture a kid would love, uh, because of yeah. his costume. He's got a right. cool blue and uh, yellow costume, and yep. his logo is kind of like a circle, uh, a meshed circle. I don't know if that's right. be the world, and then like a knife,
2: right? On top of it. And look at this real name, unrevealed. Legal status unknown. Identity secret. Place of birth unrevealed. Unrevealed. There's no information on this
3: guy. Guy sounds yeah. like a real jerk. <laughs> yeah. uh, first appearance: Iron Man issue 33. Yep. Spy Master. Because uh, that's uh, I always have trouble my guy when someone says, "Hey, name some name some Iron Man villains," and I'm like, Is "Well, that, well, got well, a uh, Mandarin? I think a Mandarin, right? Right. I think of uh, maybe Crimson Dynamo because he's an armor guy. Titanium, Titanium Man. Man. And then I'm done. I can never mm, think of anyone. Madame okay. Mask, or Whiplash, I guess, because of the movie. I remember Whiplash was in the movie, right? Uh, but otherwise, Iron Man doesn't really have a lot of great villains. You know?
2: Yeah, you could argue that. You could, argue, but he was kind of a B-lister
3: until the movie. That's why, right? Yeah. Like you compare his rogues gallery, like Spider-Man, Captain America. Oh yeah, there's no comparison. Yeah, yeah not even close. Next up, Squadron Supreme. Uh, we've never uh, read any of these fellas oh. on flea market fantasy. Yeah, I've, I've almost picked them several times. And each time I remember, oh, shit, Mark Grunewald wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> so I- Here's the thing. Can I
2: just say for the record, Mark Grunewald is not always good. But at least one out of ten Mark Grunewald comics are really <laughs> good. And then the rest are really bad.
3: Well, this series, uh, Squadron Supreme, I think is at least 12 issues, so we got a good shot at yeah. picking one. Maybe we'll go. hit one, and See? then we'll hit the good one. Yeah, exactly. But uh, They're a superhero team, uh, and they uh, go through. What's their deal, Mike? Are they from this Earth, or are they from a different no, Earth? No,
2: they're from – I don't remember what the other Earth is called, but first it was – there was the Squadron Sinister on our Earth, and then the Avengers met another version of them that were good, and they were the Squadron Supreme, and they're from a different Earth. I'm trying to find where it, what it's called. Oh, it's called Other Earth. Yeah, very creative. Yeah. And obviously, as you can see by the... Like, I mean, the first thing you notice is that Nighthawk looks like Batman. So then yeah. through intuition, you're like, oh, so then obviously Hyperion is Superman. is Superman. And then you go through and you go, oh, look. Wizard is Flash. Doctor Spectrum is Green Lantern. Power Princess is Wonder Woman. Amphibian is um, Aquaman. Who, who and did then, the art on these? This is Paul Ryan, great artist.
3: Uh, you like him, because didn't he do uh, Quasar? He, he did Quasar, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like how they, like Hyperion, like his midsection little, what is going on there with the, that's a huge, that?
2: oh no, it's metallic, it's metallic.
3: I know, but like the lines, like, that's fucked up, that shouldn't be, uh,
2: it's a little bit fucked up, it's a little bit fucked up, Yeah.
3: yeah. I don't know what's going on there. It looks like he has some sort of abnormal growth on his abdomen. Uh huh. Like uh. But anyway, um. Otherwise, that's a good picture, and the Nighthawk one's good. Right. Uh. But yeah, these uh, Squadron Supreme. You've never have you ever read Squadron Supreme at all? Is the Pope
2: Argentinian? Come on. <laughs> I, I don't know. Of course.
3: Uh. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do it on Flea at some point, right? Have to. Yep.
2: All right. It's in the cards.
3: Hello? Black Archer. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, lost I was you. reading. No, I was, <laughs> I I was lost like, you. engrossed. Because there's also a scroll down here in the Squadron Supreme. And then Black Archer. Blue yes. Eagle Tom Thumb.
2: Now obviously you know who these are all supposed to be analogous
3: to, right? Is it analogous? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, analogous. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Well the Wizards Flash. Doctor Spectrum would be uh We
2: already did him, yeah, Green Lantern.
3: Oh, okay, yeah. Power Princess, I guess that's Wonder Woman. Amphibian, right. Aquaman. Right. Scroll, uh, Martian Manhunter. Is that what right. you are for there? Uh, Black Archer, Green Arrow. Right. Blue Eagle, Hawkman. Tom Thumb. You got me there. The Atom.
2: Not right. a very good. No, not a very good analogy, but yeah,
3: he's supposed to be yeah. the Atom. Uh, Lady Lark. Would she be Black Canary?
2: Yes, Black Canary.
3: Arcana. Would that be Zatanna? Yes nuke i have no idea who that would be
2: firestorm
3: oh yeah 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 that makes yeah. sense ape x
2: this is where it gets sketchy i don't think he's supposed to be anybody to be honest i don't know
3: yeah because he's like half monkey half uh tank or half motorized chair actually you know what if you go to the next page you'll see
2: these characters like dr decibel Oh, you know who I know who these supposed to be. Okay, you got Doctor Decibel, Foxfire. So I think Doctor Decibel is supposed to be Vibe. From this is from Justice League Detroit.
3: Okay, you're not telling me Apex is a cyborg,
2: are you? Who? Cyborg. No, not cyborg, not cyborg. But I think if if Doctor Decibel is Vibe and Foxfire is, oh, what Star is Fire, her name? Right. No, Fox Foxfire is. Uh, oh, jeez, she's black. She has pointy hair. I can't remember her name. Damn, I can't remember her name. But Apex must be... I don't know, maybe he's Steel? There's a character named Steel who's like a a cyborg. Maybe he's supposed to be Steel. And then who's this guy, Lamprey? Who the hell is he supposed to be?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe we ran out of analogy. Maybe, yeah. And then we have Quagmire.
2: Yeah, I don't know who he's supposed to be either.
3: Moonglow Thermite? Haywire, Inertia. Man, yeah. these Squadron Supreme people, they get a whole a lot of characters in this book. Yep. Now, you got to ask yourself, Mike, is this uh, Mark Grunwald uh, playing, playing favorites here? Do we need 30 different Squadron Supreme characters?
4: I, mean, yeah,
3: I don't think so. <laughs> you got to have them
2: all. Come on.
3: Yeah. I mean, Hyperion, the, the Batman guy, are do like five of them. I don't know if we need Quagmire and, uh, and oh, Inertia. Oh, yeah. But, and I mean, and you know
2: what's funny is I bet you they only made Two or three appearances, some of these later characters, right? Because they're yeah, all it's, dead. It's I just think. Mark
3: Grunwald uh propping up his own stuff. Uh right. next up, Star Fox. We mentioned him oh. on the cover. This guy was in the with the Avengers for a while. It, isn't he like Thanos' brother? Oh, wait,
2: you go you missed uh Stain International, you gotta go back one.
3: Oh, well, oh I thought that was part of Squadron no, Supreme. No, That's Force. uh Obadiah Obadiah uh
2: uh Stain's headquarters. We can skip that though. He's an, an Iron
3: Man form. villain, right? Yes. Yeah. He was, uh, what's his face?
2: Anyway, yeah, Jeff Bridges.
3: Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Hey, did you ever see Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, Michael?
2: Oh, of course I did. Yeah. That's great. the 80s, right? 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah late
3: 70s, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I did. Maybe I didn't. Yeah, I don't think he did.
2: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of the one with Lou Diamond Phillips, but anyway. Yeah, no, 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 no. This okay.
3: is uh, Clint Eastwood and Jeff Bridges.
2: I think. Okay. Sounds good, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, I gotta say this art by Jim Starlin for Star Fox is great. Yeah, that's all right.
3: <laughs> I like I like the inking style. It's a little flat. But uh yeah. Star Fox is a creep, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, his power a... is he's a date rapist. Is that his power? Yes that's it is, a hundred percent. Yep. He can he can make anyone fall in love with him or something, right?
2: Yep, that's it, hundred percent.
3: He's like a walking roofie. Good old Star <laughs> Fox. Yep. <laughs> but isn't he like Thanos' brother or cousin or nephew or yeah, something? Yeah,
2: that's not often mentioned, but yes, he is Thanos' brother. Because they're both from Titan.
3: Right. Yeah. A moon of Saturn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they say? This guy doesn't look that. He's 6'1", 190. Wow. That's bigger than I thought for him. Uh, what's his? Uh, how do they describe his powers? Star Fox possesses several superhuman powers and capacities. I've got to skip through here all this. Uh, He
2: has the psionic ability to stimulate the pleasure centers of the brains of people around him.
3: Oh, there you go. He can
2: magnify these emanations, provoking such extreme pleasurable sensations that a person becomes highly aroused, euphoric, or totally sedated.
3: Kind of like when you see Batman, that you have that same effect. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's now a description for it. Star Fox should not be confused with the Olympian god named Eros, Roman named Cupid, who was the son of Aphrodite, Venus. Yeah. Please, Michael, do not confuse them. They get very <laughs> uh, next up the Starjammers.
2: Oh, I love the Starjammers
3: from uh, this was the X Men in the like late seventies, early eighties. The Starjammers were around, right? Yes, they were like a group of intergalactic pirates, but good pirates, right? That's they it. are in dire need of their own movie. And wasn't that uh, well? They have it. It's called Guardians of the Galaxy. The That's display. what I was going to say. Yeah. It's
2: exactly the same thing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, they, uh, wasn't Scott, uh, Cyclops, wasn't his daddy, the main Star Jamer guy?
2: Yes. Big
3: mistake. Big mistake. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it was a horrible mistake. Um, so we got, uh, Raza. He's a guy. Then we got, uh, Hepzaba. Hepzaba.
2: We got to talk about these designs though. Raza is, he's got like a ponytail on his head. He's bald with orange skin. And then he has like a black and blue outfit and then one cyborg arm. Just very, very, like, Saturday morning cartoon, but awesome. You know, I love it.
3: And he has a holster right on his belly there for a gun, and he also carries a uh, cutlass. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, I think so. And then we have Hepzibah. She's like a giant skunk. Yep. How about that? Uh, Well, I guess 5'6", 120 skunk. (laughs) Not a giant skunk, but she's a walking skunk lady. Yeah. Uh, Then we have Chode. I don't know if that's how you... (laughs) I say chod, chod, but I don't know. know. Yeah, chod is like an insult here in the States. You can call somebody (laughs) chod. Chod. He's like a giant reptilian lizard guy. And it looks like he's got a little monkey on his shoulder.
2: Oh, yeah. It's actually uh, his pet named
3: Kree. Kree. All right. Great name. I'll I'll trust you on that one. Yeah. And then uh, he's got like a, hey, this looks like he's got like a gun. It's also like an axe. Yeah. There's a running joke in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that one fellow always wanted a shotgun axe. And he oh, like really? act- Yeah, and he, and he got one then at one point. Uh, mm. Sikorsky, which is like a flying mosquito. Right. Sikorsky.
2: Interesting name.
3: But they don't, they don't have uh, the daddy Starjammer. Wasn't the main guy a Starjammer? Or what was uh,
2: oh, you mean, uh, yeah, what was his name? Jeez, um, I can't remember his name. You're right, though. Why isn't he here? That's a good question.
3: Huh? I don't know. Here's the part of the show where we giggle things. Uh, do you think he Corsair? Gets Corsair. Corsair, yeah, yeah. Corsair.
2: But why was he not there? I don't know. But we're not going to read this whole thing, so we'll never know.
3: <laughs> it will remain a mystery. Right. Oh wait, I just saw something there, Michael.
2: There's also Binary, who used to be Car- who was uh, Carol Danvers. The Starjammers
3: therefore were regarded as outlaws by the Shire Empire. Summers was the leader of the Star Jammers. He adopted the name Corsair for himself and Star Jammers for his group because of his love of tales of swashbuckling adventures. So I guess he's technically not a Star Jammer, he's Corsair. Uh, okay. these are the Star Jammers. So alright. Hey Mike L, next up Stiltman. Yeah, you're I love right? me some Stiltman. <laughs>
2: Stiltman. Art by Al Milgram.
3: Good old Al Milgram. Yeah, Stiltman, uh, first appearance, Daredevil number eight, right. Wilbur Day. He's an <laughs> inventor who makes giant legs from stilts. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> hey, we read a book with Stiltman in uh, Black Goliath. Remember, he was in there. He's the villain yes, villain. that's right. That's right. Look, they have a schematic breakdown of Stiltman's uh, outfit. Yeah.
2: I mean, probably unnecessary, but it's cool. How
3: dare you? It's super necessary. <laughs> yeah.
2: Look at that! It's got air conditioner in there. Interesting. Yeah, Hit
3: and he's people. got like a loud hailer. It's like is that, like a microphone for his voice. Yeah, oh, I guess so. Hailer. Yeah. Stun gun canisters, gas mini pump section, stun gun spray nozzles. Man, stiltman's the shit. All right. Mm-hmm. Next, Stingray. Doctor Walter Newell. Yeah, I like his costume. Always have. First appearance. Stills. like you're talking like you know who he is. Uh Tells to Astonish issue ninety-five was his first appearance. And yeah. uh Submariner nineteen is Stingray. Uh because yeah. Walter Newell was uh, his, his alias. So you actually know this fellow? Of
2: course. He
3: appeared in The Avengers.
2: And uh this is by Bob Wyasek, but the stories he appeared in, I believe, were drawn by John Busema.
3: We even get a breakdown of the schematics of Stingray's glider wings. Yep.
2: Oh, look at that. The, the, sh- the second shot on the that that page, that's that's like a pin-up. That's great.
3: Of him, like, looking up as he's flying? Like,
2: flying. That's a great shot, yeah.
3: Next up, Storm. Everybody's oh, buddy, Aurora Monroe. And yes. this is uh, Mohawk Storm. Right, and this is
2: art by Paul Smith.
3: Great shot. Yeah. Wow. How do you like your Storm, Michael? Mohawk Storm or African Goddess Storm?
2: Well, the fact that this was the first Storm I saw, I kind of like this Storm.
3: Yeah, it's a tough call. I don't know. I don't know. Uh Uh Yeah, I kind of like this storm as well. I
4: don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I knew the X-Men a little bit from the Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends cartoon. But when I saw this storm, I was like, this is what, again, opened my eyes to all the richness of Marvel, you know, comics. Like, what? (coughs) She's the leader of the Morlocks. Who are the Morlocks? You know, and just reading her history and everything. It's so interesting.
3: I think her her two distinctive looks were both perfect for the errors they were. Right. Like in in the seventies when she first came out, that look looked good. But the Mohawk here in the early eighties and the punk was the I everything. Mean, oh, it was great. Right. And yeah. Awesome. So yeah. Good old Storm. Everyone knows yeah. about Storm?
2: The um, all this art is great. Like the John Byrne shot of her flying is great. The uh, John Romita Junior yeah. shot. Of and her left.
3: elevating
2: um, Kitty Pride. That's an awesome shot.
3: I That's also that. John Romita, the uh, face shot there.
2: Oh, left. nice. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
3: Uh, this yeah. makes
2: me want to reread my X-Men
3: anyway. Next, The Stranger. Not one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I don't know who he is. First appearance, X-Men 11, origin yeah. in Fantastic Four 116. This art is by Mike Zach. It's
2: good, but it's kind of diluted by Joe Rubenstein's inks.
3: Yeah, it's it's way inked too much here for yeah. uh, Zach. Like, I wouldn't recognize that as Zach if you told me no. Zach. Uh, I don't know th- what this... What's this guy's deal?
2: I don't really know. He's an alien. He's big. That's all I know about him. <laughs>
3: it's right. good enough. Not to be confused with the Phantom Stranger. Right.
2: Now, go to that next page. Look at that Gorgeous art by John semo, like the one of him stepping on the Silver Surfer. That's yeah, so good. That is <laughs> he's
3: stepping on the surfer. Yeah, yeah, this guy's huge.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, all right, Submariner. So good old Namor. Yeah. Also, his name is just Mackenzie. That's weird. Uh-huh. Uh no, huh. McKenzie. Mackenzie. Those were the people that found him, right? The Mackenzies.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize until recently how much Aquaman ripped off the origin, but
3: yeah. <laughs> oh. No, we talked about it in detail when we did the... Uh, well, Samara yeah, poke. but
2: it, it actually got more of a ripoff as the years went on. Like, they really just copied everything, so we won't, we won't get into that. Well,
3: here, Mark though. Grunwald got him back with Squadron Supreme. That's true. He just uh, ripped everything off from there. So everyone knows Namor, of course, uh good old underwater guy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some good uh, John Byrne. I, I kind of like the way John Byrne would uh, draw Namor there. Yeah. Pretty good,
2: yeah. Pretty good. the The one at the top there, I think that's John Buscema, but that's really good.
3: Uh, yeah. Like the uh, the second page there. Yeah. The one of him and flying with his hand towards the camera. That's, that's burn. That's, yeah, that's burn.
2: Yeah. And then if you go to the next page, it's Kirby. Both yeah. Kirby.
3: Yep. Punching Iron Man through a wall. Yep. Hey, uh, how big and uh, guess the height weight of Submariner, Michael? Well,
2: I'm looking right at it, so. You
3: son of a bitch! Always cheating. Well,
2: we we're looking at the same comic, but yeah.
3: But uh, <laughs> you, know, you could avert your eyes. You know. Yeah, what I'm he's saying? pretty
2: strong. Yeah, 85 tons.
3: Six foot two, three hundred and ten pounds. So yeah. It's a solid three ten. Dense mm-hmm. muscles from living underwater. You know.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That's what that is, Michael. Uh huh. <laughs> Next Very up, cool. the Subterraneans.
2: Yep. And I believe this is Byrne, but I'm going to check. Nope, Arvell Jones from Michigan. Nice guy.
3: Arvel Jones. Oh, yeah. What else is he known for, Arvel Jones? We, uh, like All-Star Squadron.
2: Name. All-Star Squadron. And I believe he would have done like some oddball comics, like maybe The Champions, but I'm not sure. But definitely All-Star Squadron.
3: Yeah, I know we've talked about him on the show before, but I can't remember what yeah. was, Anyway, or
2: Or one of those, like, I don't know, Black Goliath or something. I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, maybe. Uh next uh what what other subterraneans are the subterranean? like the mole people or whatever? Is that their deal? Yeah,
2: they're the linked with them, I think, but I could be wrong. Fantastic oh four. no, they're 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 tied to Tyrannus, I think.
3: That does nothing for me. I don't know what Tyrannus uh, is. Yeah, he's a bad guy. But a Fantastic Four bad guy? I think he's so, up.
2: yeah. Or Hulk and Hulk.
3: Next, Sunder. He's a Morlock, right? Yep. This is Paul and Smith. this
2: is Paul Smith, yeah.
3: And yeah, he's just a big strong Morlock guy, seven one, two hundred and forty five pounds. Right. Uh the the Marauders murdered him, right?
2: Uh maybe eventually. I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah. He's alive here.
3: Yeah, because this was eighty six or whatever, but right. I think I think in like uh Ooh, this would been right around the time, right? When it was Fall of the Mutants and Mutant Massacre? That was
2: Oh yeah, it was coming soon, yeah. Good point.
3: So yeah. Uh next sunfire.
2: Oh, I love this shot.
3: Yeah, this who's is the artist though? It's uh, Paul Smith. Uh,
2: this is, oh, it's Sandy Plunkett actually. Yeah, I was going to
3: say, it's not Paul Smith, it's Sandy Plunkett. This I don't know really Sandy Plunkett art. at all.
2: I can't remember what she's done, but I've definitely come across her before. But this art is really good.
3: Yeah, it is rock solid.
2: Yeah, great costume too. Uh,
3: Sunfire, he was an X-Men for like a couple issues there. And when they brought yeah. in those new ones, remember? They had to go the ju- kill the island of Krakoa. So they yes. brought in Sunfire.
2: Yeah, and then he quit in 94, I think.
3: Yeah, issue 94. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. uh, I'm out of here. You guys are a bunch of nerds. Right. Uh, I don't want to hang out in a school. Fuck <laughs> this. I'm going back to Japan. And uh, But he's like a fire guy. Right. Sometimes a bad guy, too, though, Michael, right? The sun. Fire. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
2: I think he was like an Iron Man villain, wasn't he?
3: Oh, yeah, they show him, they him Iron fighting Man. Iron Man here at the bottom. So Yeah. Yep. And finally, the last person I believe in this book, Michael Sunspot, Roberto Costa of the New Mutants. Right. I always liked him. He can absorb solar energy and he turns like all black with little Kirby crackle around him.
2: Very cool powers. Yes.
3: And he gets like super strong, but he's not like uh Colossus strong, but he's, he's strong now, you know? Right.
2: So, yep. Yeah. Very cool.
3: So there it is. The official handbook of the Marvel universe appendix, other dimensions. Look, they add in some other dimensional people here at the uh-huh. end.
4: How about that?
2: Pretty interesting. Huh? So, yeah, this is, uh, again, I, I looked at this a thousand times when I was a kid.
3: Yeah, same here. When I was a kid, I ate this stuff up. I loved it. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, this is great. This is a 9 out of 10, Michael. This is-
2: yeah, I agree. 9 out of 10. I mean, the only thing that could be improve it is, again, get the artist to ink their own work. Um, no, you're asking
4: for a lot. You know. Ah, come on. Yeah.
2: But that's it. That's really all you can do to improve
3: this. Because really, these artists had to be. How much do you think they got paid to do? Of a, a oh, thing in but that's Marvel beside Universe?
2: the point. I mean, they can if they can do the pencils, they could do the inks.
3: They they probably thought of this as like you know the last thing they wanted to be doing. Like uh, uh, hey, the, can, the, you, but... can. you do <laughs> us a profile ahead. in Marvel Handbook? Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but busy. I bet uh, you the
2: sales were high on these. I bet you. Yeah, but how much I mean. money would they get? Wow, doesn't matter. They still could. That's not. That's beside the point. Though I'm just saying it would have made <laughs> the book better.
3: Oh, yeah, of course, anyway. but yeah, yeah. never going to happen. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Marvel Official Handbook, Marvel Universe. Everyone should go check it out. Again, two volumes. This was the volume two, but uh, it's all good stuff. So yeah, there, yeah,
2: really good stuff. And like I said, I've got not only this edition, not only the original edition, but I've also got the trade paperback reprints of this edition that's on Baxter paper, and some of the art is updated, just for the record. Wow. Good yep. So you got You got to keep all three versions. See?
3: I guess. Yeah.
2: Yep. You do. Anyway.
3: <laughs> In case things change. Because I guess some uh, when Grunwald did this idea for this project, some of the creators got kind of mad. They're
1: really? Like, you're, Why? You're
3: stifling our creativity. Uh, that we can't just uh, do whatever we want with these characters. You now that we have to follow. This, and uh, but Grunwald said that's not true because uh, this is just their stories up to this point. You can take it anywhere you want to go from here. But up till right. now, this is uh, the deal. Right. So, all right, so uh, there you go. Uh, next week, Mike I'm going to go uh, – I'm always having trouble picking these books, what book, what book to go with next, but uh, okay. I had a few contenders this week. But I think we're going to go with something I'm guessing most people have never heard of. Okay. From 1975, Marvel. Skull the Slayer. Oh, is this a barbarian book? No. It's close okay. to it, but not really. Um, okay. We'll go issue... I hate picking issue ones, but sure. let's go issue one. They sure. Because it'll make a yeah. nice thumbnail for the cover. Plus, uh, the artist is a fellow named Steve Gann. Okay. G-A-N. Uh, we've never talked about him, so we can talk about him. And because uh, later on, like, he doesn't draw... I think there's only, like, maybe eight issues in the run. And,
0: sure.
3: like, Sal Bissima draws some of the later ones, and we've talked about him enough. So let's Right, right, it. right, right. Sure. Uh, I'm just looking issue it up right number now. one.
2: Cool. All right. Sounds fun. Looking forward to it. This
3: character's backstory is kind of fucked up, so we'll uh, look forward to that next week. All right.
2: Well, there you go. Another episode of Flea Market Fantasy. Every week, we review a new or a different, sorry, Bronze Age comic. One week, I pick. One week, Mike picks. Every episode is available at www.comicbooksyndicate.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. So there you go. Tune in to every episode. And until next Tuesday, this starts.
0: How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign. And they handle the rest, sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger. Well, maybe except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring them your next home product, and they will bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's ang com to get started.
2: Welcome to Mile 5033, the first mile of the first road trip with you and your newborn. Thankfully, Your Hyundai Tucson has an available 10.25 inch infotainment screen so you can seek out the soothing sounds of nature to keep your kid calm or whatever else babies are listening to these days. And with available wireless device charging, your phone will stay powered up so you can ask the internet why the baby just made that weird gurgling sound at mile 5062 or that scrunchy face at mile 5103. Because when it comes to navigating the new roads in life, we're thinking of every mile. The new Hyundai Tucson. It's your journey. Test drive the new Tucson at your nearest Hyundai
4: dealer or learn more at HyundaiUSA.com.